Hello, hello. You are listening to the Aligned Birth Podcast. I'm Dr. Shannon. I'm one of the hosts here. And today I'm flying solo and I want to talk um, a little bit about what like five core things I go over with pregnant patients in my office. It's kind of across the board. Um, I get a little bit on my soapbox in the office with it because one big factor that I go over is something that I wish I had known and I think played a huge role in why both of my kiddos were um, sunny side up. So that occiput posterior, not optimal fetal position. Um, and so I want to touch on that as well, too. So this one's going to be, again, we're going to go over those five things, but I want to go over, it's like I said, it's stuff that I go over with all of my moms. Um, they don't necessarily replace adjustments, but it's things that we can do to, and even daily to help maintain, um, what we had, the benefits that we've received from, um, adjustments as well too. So, and I'm going to talk about some of the other episodes to go listen to that build on what we're going to go over today. So I am super excited and we're just going to jump right in with, um, well, first of all, why we're talking about this. Hello, and welcome to the Aligned Birth Podcast. We are so glad you are here. I'm Dr. Shannon, a prenatal chiropractor. And I'm Rachel, a birth doula and childbirth educator, and we are the team behind the Aligned Birth Podcast. Between us, we have experienced a cesarean birth, a VBAC, hospital births, and a home birth. Our personal experiences led us to where we are today. We share a lot in common. We are friends from high school who reconnected through our work, we both changed career paths after the birth of our own children. We light up when talking about health and birth, and we are both moms to two young boys. This podcast was created to share conversations and interviews about topics from pregnancy and birth to motherhood and the importance of a healthy body and mind through it all. Our goal is to bring you fun, interesting, and helpful conversations that excite you and make you want to learn more. We believe that when you are aligned in body, mind, and your intuition, you can conquer anything. We hope you enjoy the episode. You know, we've, so Rachel and I have done a lot of different episodes. So episode 49, we did our like common pregnancy discomforts and remedies. We've got episode 45, um, which is the top reasons to seek chiropractic care during pregnancy. And then even episode 19, way back in the day, where we talk all about prenatal chiropractic care. And so in all of those episodes, that gives us more of that insight into what is the Webster technique? What is prenatal chiropractic care? The bone, muscle, ligaments that we're working on. So I highly recommend going and listening to those episodes. Today, I do want to really focus on, because I sat down the other day and I was like, you know what? There are literally five things that I essentially go over with every single pregnant patient that comes in the office. And it's not necessarily um, like, oh, this, I only go over this when they have sciatica, or I only go over this if they're dealing with headaches. It's like across the board. And honestly, there's probably five, you know, there's probably more, but um, this is what I could come up with. Now, like I said, these are the things that go over with all the moms in the office. Um, again, they don't necessarily replace those chiropractic adjustments. These are things that we can add into our daily activities. That's why I kind of like to call them like core, five core, you know, things that we can do. Because 
not necessarily all of them are like exercises. One in particular, I'm like, well, it's not really an exercise, but it is like a core daily habit that we can be aware of. Um, But so again, these aren't replacing our chiropractic adjustments, um, but it really is helping to maintain the progress that we make with those adjustments. Now, some of these things, most of them are going to deal with some sort of movement or motion. Um, again, not not all of them are. There's one in particular where I'm thinking it's not. But um, why I think the motion is important and why exercise movement is one of my pillars of health is that 90% of the stimulation and nutrition to our brain is coming from spinal motion. So what happens if that spinal motion is not correct, right? When we have a segment of the spine that doesn't move as it should, we're going to have improper motion and then we're going to have improper nervous system communication, brain, body, body, brain communication. So those adjustments set the stage for that proper alignment and that proper nervous system function and motion. So yes, these movements go with what we have set in motion with the chiropractic adjustment. So that's how these things are connected. Um, And then I have a couple things at the end of the episode I want to go over that um, some additional resources because why am I just focusing on the five? Because um, we tend to be an information overload society, right? Because if you go online right now, you can find 35 things that you should be doing every day. And so that can get overwhelming. So let's keep it simple. And um, what are some of the core things that I think we could focus on? Not necessarily the only things you have to do, but or even just pick a few of them. But still, let's uh, jump right in. So The first one I like to make sure all of my moms get is a yoga ball or a birthing ball, however you want to term it. And this is something I I like all of my patients to have, especially if they're sitting all day, is to have that yoga ball. Um, With this, with our prenatal patients, I want to make sure that we're sitting on the yoga ball not all day because this can be exhausting because this really, you don't have any lumbar support here. So it's igniting all the muscles and we're making things work a little bit harder. So um, in that instance, you can get some muscle fatigue. So I'm not asking you to sit on it all day, but just know that it is more giving than say like a, a office desk chair, right? We can move with it. I love having that yoga ball and sitting and doing some figure eight motions, rocking the hips, getting that beautiful feeling and motion in the pelvis and sacrum, almost um, using that relaxing hormone to our benefit because we do have a little bit more motion now because we do have more relaxing hormone in the body during pregnancy. Now, one key thing is I think it helps to get more of that anterior tilt to the pelvis. So when you're sitting on that yoga ball, I don't want you leaning back and like kind of sitting more on the sacrum. I want you tilted forward, sitting on those sits bones, engaged in those sits bones. Those are the sacrotuberous bones there. So I want you sitting on those. That gives you an anterior tilt to the pelvis. That lets the belly hang a little bit more right? So, and you can even kind of sit and just kind of feel if you tilt that pelvis forward a little bit more, you're rocking more on those sit bones. So that's how we want to sit. We also want to make sure that our hips are not lower than the knees. So you have to make sure that it's blown up really, really well. So we don't want to be kind of like sinking down in it, but you can sit on this. Um, You can just sit, you can do um, rock side to side, forward, back a little bit. And then you can do those figure eights when you're up on those sits bones. And that's a beautiful exercise to do. Um, 
I will say this, I have dealt with patients before and I'm like, okay, I want you to get a yoga ball and we're going to start using this, you know, and this is people that aren't pregnant. Like this is everybody. And I want us to start using this um, throughout the day. If we're working from home to stop using our desk chair for a little bit and come and use that. And I'll never forget. I, I had a gentleman and he was like, yeah, I got the yoga ball. I was like, oh, how's it working? He's like, well, I haven't blown it up yet. So I say, get the yoga ball. And then I always check in and I'm like, have you blown it up yet? Like <laughs> I got to meet people where they're at, but um, it is, it can be a very um, important tool in your birth bag because you can also use this during labor. I do remember I sat in a rocking chair at the hospital, but you know, if you have a birth ball, you can sit and you can actually labor on the ball as well. So it's multifactorial. So that's one, that's what, that was number one that we talked about, that we're talking about. Um, the next one is, oh, I did want to mention this. You can also do a modified child's pose with the birth ball. Now, I love child's pose, but it gets difficult. And it's a yoga pose. We'll go through it in a minute. But it gets difficult as the belly gets a little bit bigger. You can't really like lay on the ground as much. So you, this is where you are kind of kneeling on the ground. You can have your big toes together and you'll spread the hips wide or not necessarily the hips, but like the knees wide. And that stance will get wider and wider as the belly grows. Now, ideally, you want to reach the arms out and really stretch. Gosh, this can open up that low back and really give some relief. Now, not only can you do this um, early on in pregnancy, as the belly gets bigger, you can lean on the yoga ball and that can elevate you a little bit to where you're not laying flat on the ground, especially if belly's gotten bigger. Um, but you can also do this like leaning on a chair and really open up that low back. So that's kind of like a, maybe that's an additional one to this, but I do love modified child pose to really help open up. And I'm thinking like low lumbar. So L4, L5, S1, like opening up everything down in that low, low back. Um, cat cow. So this is another yoga pose um, that... I love to have my moms do, and we'll go over, um, remember I mentioned at the beginning that there was something that I you know, wish I had known. Well, this is directly related to it. So with cat-cow, you're kind of in that tabletop position. It's nice to start in that neutral spine and almost thinking of like 90 degree angles and everything, like the wrist on the ground, up to the shoulders, through the torso, and then down to the pelvis. We've got the knees on the ground and then the feet behind you. So kind of thinking that 90 degree angles everywhere. And then um, this also changes throughout pregnancy as belly grows, but you'll take your big breath in and that's when you're going to kind of arch the back into that cat. So that kind of like, you know, you think of cat like, you know, kind of angry, they're all fluffy and they arch that back. So really opening up that space between the shoulder blades and then we'll exhale, drop the belly and bring the head up and look in front and just really feel that stretch in the spine. And you go back and forth with the motion of the breath, nothing fast, take the motion of the breath. And then you can actually increase that inhale and exhale as you go. Um, this is a beautiful one to do. It, you don't necessarily have to really get that belly to the floor and do the cow as we go later on in pregnancy. Um, it's sometimes nice just to come back to neutral and then arch the back a little bit more and then come back to neutral or even go to a child's pose if you want and really stretch out that way. So just be mindful of the low back. Um, I guess disclaimer before all of these as well, too, is that, you know, don't do anything that 
causes pain or discomfort and go over any of these exercises with your (laughs) healthcare provider before doing any of them. But um, again, we're not pushing to a point of pain. This isn't necessarily an exercise. This is our core things to do. Now, the other added benefit of being on this hands and knees position is that as the baby is developing, the spine becomes that heaviest part. And so if we've got that belly towards the ground, we're in tabletop, well, then it releases some of the tension, not only on those uterine ligaments and what's holding the uterus in place, but then it allows for that heaviest part of the baby to rock down towards the front of mom's belly, which then can help give us our optimal fetal positioning. So that was a whole episode we did too, optimal fetal positioning. And it was um, a fairly recent one. I can't remember off the top of my head. I'm going to link it in, um, I think it was maybe 55, I think, episode 55, uh, tips for optimal fetal positioning. So this is one of the core movements that we talk about. Now, listen to that episode as to why we want that optimal fetal positioning, but this can allow for the baby to actually, the head to be facing your pelvis, if that makes sense. Because in the back of the head is then towards the ground. That's where the spine is if we're in that tabletop position. Now, here's a fun story about when I was pregnant with both of my kiddos. So if you've listened to any of the other episodes, I haven't been a chiropractor my whole life. I didn't get my first adjustment until I was 36 weeks pregnant with my second kid. So Come to find out, both of mine were sunny side up. So that's where um, they come out face up. And that's what we call that occiput posterior. So the base, the skull, the occiput, the base, the skull of the baby is facing mom's posterior, mom's back. That's not ideal. That's a little bit more um, back labor. And it's, yes, you can give birth in that position. It's just not optimal, right? So with both of mine, though, I was... um, working. I was still at the CDC then and I was doing, um, in some instances, I was doing a lot of lab work and bench work, but I was also doing like data entry on the computer. And so I was at a computer all day and um, I would just, you know, my back hurt. I would lean back in my chair and I would prop my feet up. And I pretty much did that. I feel like I did that like all day because it was comfortable. It relieved aches and pains. And then of course I had swelling in the feet. Like that's what I would do. But I would do that for extended periods of time in the day. Well, remember what I just said about cat cow. And remember what I said about the heaviest part of the baby is the spine. If we're leaning back in our chair and we're propping those feet up, that heaviest part of the baby, again, is the spine. Now we're rocking that spine towards mom's back. And where does that put the face? That puts baby's face looking straight up and that gives us that sunny side up baby. Is that the only thing that gives us a sunny side up baby? No. Do you have to do that for extended periods of time? I think to get that, yes. Um, So propping your feet up mama and resting and relaxing. I'm not saying don't do that. I'm saying being mindful of how much you're doing it. And maybe we can do some cat cow at the end of the day, which I did not do to really combat those, um, that positioning. All right. So that's my, that's my soapbox that I get on the office. And I go over that with all moms, whether my mom is working or not, because I think it's just that awareness, right? It's bringing that awareness to, Hey, this could really impact that fetal positioning. So something to think about, um, walking. This is another core thing, I think. And, you know, I've done some prenatal exercise episodes in here too. 
and even postpartum exercise ones. I ran through my pregnancies. I loved exercising and working out. So you don't have to go that extreme. But remember, I said 90% of that stimulation nutrition to the brain is coming from spinal motion. So movement, movement is key. Movement is medicine. And so if we can keep up a walking routine, that's amazing. And so, and I know the ebbs and flows of first trimester, you, you may not feel it. Second trimester, you might. Third, you might not. You know, I get it. So just meet yourself where you're at in those aspects of being able to be physically active. But here's one thing to think about, though, because in having some moms come in the office, <laughs> I can kind of tell when we've got some sciatic stuff because I can see them get up out of the chair. I can see them hold the low back. I can see one leg's really not moving like the other. And I'm like, ooh, we probably have some sciatica stuff going on here. So with that, if we're in that extreme amount of pain, walking sometimes is even too painful to do. So this is where, yes, I definitely think those chiropractic adjustments can help. Let's make sure that we have a balanced pelvis and sacrum and that we have optimal nervous system function that can help us then move our body better. So that's what I am looking at with walking and some of those chiropractic adjustments in the office with my moms. So that is my third one here, walking. So the next one here is one that's where I'm like, well, I can't really call these my you know, top exercises and things because this isn't really an exercise. But although I guess later on in pregnancy, when you're trying to sleep, <laughs> it can be an exercise um, because of all the times you're getting up and down going to the bathroom. But uh, I always recommend to my moms to sleep with a pillow between their knees but I'm also going to add in sleeping with the pillow, like between the chest, hugging a pillow. Okay, let's be honest. I still do this. So it's not, this again is not limited just to pregnancy. And, you know, folks coming in with some low back issues, I do, we do start talking about putting a pillow between the knees. But when we've got the, that, the pelvis expanding, right? And we've got that relaxing hormone. And if we lay on our side, which is ideal, right, for sleeping, um, if we don't have a pillow between the knees, then those knees can kind of come together and that can really put some strain on some of like the iliofemoral ligament, some of those outside lateral hip ligaments, our psoas muscle, our low back and everything in the pelvis. Like that can really put some strain there because we've got some collapse of the hips there. So having that pillow can really help bring that top knee again level to where it's not collapsing so much. So that's the focus with that. Now I'm not going to, I'm not recommending a specific pillow because that is, I know some, some moms love that giant, you know, body pillow. I had several different ones that I would like push and mess, mesh around me because I, I just couldn't handle the one. I even had a little wedge pillow that I could put between my knees. And then also I could put to where it could go under my belly and help like lift that up a bit to where there wasn't so much pressure there. So I really liked that little wedge one. It's just like a little foam wedge, um, but can't forget about the chest too. So a lot of times we can collapse in that chest that can really make that sternoclavicular joint, that SE joint right there at, um, at kind of like the base of the neck at the front of the body. It can really compromise that area as well too. So we might be feeling some shoulder pain, but what's really happening is we're sleeping on our side. Our chest is collapsing we're getting a really, really mobile joint here and it's really messing up that whole kinetic chain. So always, I always look at checking some of that SC joint, but hugging a pillow there can help offset how that chest can collapse as well. Um, so that again is one of my um, core things that go over with my pregnant 
patients in the office. Um, last one coming up is um, relaxing the jaw and bringing awareness to maybe where we're holding some tension in the body. Um, here Now here we're going to go through a little bit of an anatomy lesson because if you have heard or have seen any, read anything, um, I, I see this a lot from midwives talking about when they're working with their moms and we're laboring and they are tense, they, we can focus on relaxing that jaw to help us maneuver through contractions and maneuver through some of the pain. Now, that is because the jaw is connected to the sacrum. Now, that might blow your mind, but I mean, as you know, and I've said in almost every episode on here too, that everything is connected in, in the body and no organ system, body system works alone as well. So how is the jaw connected to the sacrum? So let's take it back to, we've got this cerebrospinal fluid that covers the spine and it bathes the spinal cord and then it comes up into the brain as well. So you've got to think you've got this, all the parts of our spine, our cervical, thoracic, lumbar going down into the sacrum as well too. Okay. And that spinal cord is then tethered at the end there and it connects all the way up to the brain. And so we've got these meninges and this dural tension and this dura mater that covers the spinal cord. That's what's connected to those bony structures in the spine, but then it also comes up into the brain. And so the spine, the cerebral spinal fluid covers everything there. It gives that nourishment. It removes toxins from the spinal cord. And so it needs to be pumped and moved. So we have this craniosacral pump in the body. So the bones of the skull actually move. You've got this beautiful sphenoid bone that looks like a, a butterfly in the skull. And I mean, I guess technically you could even feel it. It's right like lateral of the eyes. And that's where some and like temporal bones all in there. This moves. And I'm not talking big motion here, but this is how that cerebral spinal fluid is pumped through the body. So we have this beautiful motion of the sacrum and the cranial bones. And a lot of it is that sphenoid bone. And that's how the cerebral spinal fluid gets moved throughout the body. Now, again, 90% of stimulation and nutrition to the brain comes from spinal motion. This is what I'm talking about, right? We've got these motions of the body. So we need that to be mobile and we need it to move. Now, when we clench the jaw, the jaw, so you can kind of feel where the upper and lower mandibles, part of the jaw, maxilla and mandible join right there at right in front of the ear. So when you open and close your mouth, you can feel it there. This is so close to the sphenoid bone and all those cranial bones. And so when we kind of clench that jaw, we can shut off and alter that motion there. So that's where releasing the jaw and letting that tension go and focusing on the breath a little bit that can definitely bring about better cerebrospinal fluid motion and um, just to help release that tension. And so I personally love um, the gua sha tools. And so I will actually, not only just for skin health, I'll do my little gua sha routine for my face, but I will even take it and um, there's, there's rollers that you can use. I have just like a, just another little tool and I will, I, some sides, I will have um, a lot more tension at that um, TMJ joint 
is what it's called, that tympomandibular joint, right? And so you can feel that tension there. And I will sometimes rub it out. Sometimes it's really tender. And I'm like, man, I must have been clenching my jaw a lot lately. Sometimes it's not, you know, and I'll feel it in my ear. Like, it's just amazing, again, how everything is connected in the body. So you can even use some of those gua sha tools to help release some of that tension there and then promote that optimal um, motion of the cranial bones and motion of the spine. But again, too, and this is personally with me in the office, I, I do a little bit of cranial work at the end of every adjustment, too, because, yes, we've worked on pelvis and sacrum. We've got that motioning and moving, but I also want to make sure that we have assessed, you know, any um, cranial restrictions that are going on as well, too. So those are my five core things I like to go over with all of my moms in the office. Um like I said, there's more to this though, and you can add to this. So two of my favorite things to go to is spinning babies and birth fit. And so I'm going to link to both of those. Go listen to, I did um, an interview with Dr. Ashley Harper. And so she's a chiropractor and birth fit instructor. So episode 41 and 42, we go over, she goes over everything with birth fit. So there's lots more to it. They focus on breath work. Um, and those are wonderful things. And spinning babies, has a wonderful, a whole list of like daily activities and exercises that you can do too. So add to this list or maybe incorporate some of these things into your um, daily life. And then you can even use these and carry these on into that postpartum time period too. So I hope that you have learned something today and thank you so, so much for listening to this episode. Thanks for listening to the Aligned Birth Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, screenshot it and tag us on Instagram at aligned underscore birth or leave a rating and review. If you don't want to miss our newest episodes, be sure to tap the subscribe button. Your support is greatly appreciated. As always, we strive to bring you lots of information because knowledge is power and applied knowledge is empowerment. Thanks again for being here and see you next week.